everyone, this is Mosey Truitt, and welcome to another episode of In the Spirit of Horst. This week, I am going to tell a quite a personal story. I'm kind of excited to tell it, kind of nervous to tell it. I knew when I started the podcast that I wanted to tell this story, but I wasn't sure when I was going to actually do it. Then this week when I was thinking about what I was going to do for this podcast and last week I had just all these ideas and this week I just felt a little bit dry on the ideas, but this one kept popping up in my head. So I think this is the week to tell it. This is the story of Elle. Elle was my most amazing little baby horse. She was and is incredible like like no other being I've ever met and she filled my life with more joy than I think I've ever experienced. I was thinking a lot about the intention behind telling this story, why I'm telling it, because it's such a sacred story to me and the whole experience just means so much to me and really holds such a sacred place in my heart. And I think I just want this story to be shared. I think I just want in some ways for this story to be known, in some ways for this story to be heard. And it's such an empower, a powerful story to me. So I feel like I want to share it. And, and I think I want to share it now. I do want to warn that this story... I mean, there's a sad aspect to this story, and um, if you're sensitive, maybe come back and listen to this later. But if you feel ready to hear the story of Elle, here it is. I guess I'll just start right from the beginning. For a long time, I just had Annie, my horse Annie, that I would imagine a lot of you know about. She is my soulmate and oh, my best friend. And I just love her so much. And so for many years, since I was 12 and she was three, it was just the two of us. And I was so happy with that. I, I really loved having just, you know, the one horse, one person. Um, there's something really magical about that. But one day I just woke up with the strongest urge for a baby, for a full, not a human baby, but for a full which was funny because this was actually, it felt a little different to me because I think many times I had fantasized about having a foal and how great that would be the same way I had a fantasy of having, you know, like a black stallion or a, a Frisian or, you know, all the dream horses. But this came to me like really strongly that I really, really felt like a foal was coming into my life. But I, I didn't know uh, what what that meant or, you know, I'd never ever shopped for a horse and I still haven't ever like shopped and bought a horse in that way. Um, but I didn't, I didn't quite know where this urge was coming from. So I started to look around and just kind of casually 
was checking like dream horse for foals and checking in my area because I just had this really strong urge that, that a foal was coming for me and Annie, a foal was coming into our lives. So I actually did go and I checked out a few different horses. I looked at a couple full, a couple of foals. I think I only went and saw two actually, but they were beautiful foals and just so sweet, but something wasn't right. And I did know, you know, with Annie, things just come together and I knew that the right horse would somehow find me. So I kind of continued my search, but, but nothing was really clicking. And then I found out that India, who was still on the property, I wasn't her owner at the time, um, but India, who was here, was pregnant. And I just knew. I, I stopped searching for a foal because I just knew that this was it. Basically, India's human wanted a colt. He really wanted a stallion. So I made a deal with him that if he, she had a girl, which is really what I wanted, that he would sell her to me. And that while India was pregnant because she was here, I never really had gotten to spend time with India, but because she just wasn't my horse and we were doing very different things at the time. But we made this deal that I could help out and I could be there for the birth and and I'd kind of help him along with India while she was pregnant. And for some reason, I just felt so strongly, like I knew that this was the baby. Um, my urge to look for foals just vanished. I had no more drive to, ur- to look for one. I was just fully invested in India. And I knew there was a possibility that, you know, it could be a cult and we could wait the whole year and, and then it wouldn't be my baby. And that was okay because I just, I had such faith that this was the situation I was, I had been, um, feeling coming on that it had to do with India. So if it ended up being a boy, then maybe I was just meant to experience that and, you know, it wouldn't be my boy, but that'd be okay. But I had such a strong feeling that she was pregnant with a girl and that it was, that it was sort of meant to be, that we'd be together. So the almost a year passes by and India is starting to get ready and she's starting to look very, very pregnant. And I'm like actually able to spend a little more time with India than obviously I had before because I was helping out. And this was India's first baby. So I was trying to reassure her as much as I could and give her as you know, love on her as much as I could. The week of her due date, I just had this feeling that this one night was going to be the night. So my friend Lily, who now lives with me, but at the time she didn't, she came over and I wasn't living at the ranch yet with the horses. I was still living off the property, but we decided to spend the night because I really felt like this night India was going to have her baby. And I'm so happy I did because it was definitely the night. This was one of the most magical nights of my life. I decided to sleep in my car with Lily. So we made this bed in the, by folding down the seats and um, sleeping in the trunk area of my car. And of course I wasn't going to sleep because I was not going to miss, you know, this baby, if this baby was coming. And in the evening, I have these pictures of parking my car in the arena and playing with Annie and, Annie was sniffing inside the car at our bed that we were going to be waiting for our new baby with. And it was just like this glorious summer night with this warm sunlight. And it just felt like 
it was the most magical night and something spectacular was about to happen. So when it got dark, India came into the barn. She came into the stall. She had been spending all day out in the pasture, but um, in the stall now for this week while they waited to see if she was going to have her baby. And I just parked right outside her stall with the trunk of my car up so that it was open to her. And we all tucked in for the night. And I just had such a strong feeling that this was the night that I wasn't going to fall asleep once because there was no way I was going to close my eyes for 20 minutes and then miss the whole thing. So her human went to bed and I said I would keep watch. And Lily and I camped out in the car and we watched Cinderella 3, which is really not a great movie, but now I, I kind of like it because of, uh, because of this whole experience. And I read Fulling books and we just stayed up and, and we waited. And at some point in the night, it's like two o'clock, Lily went to sleep um, and everything was so quiet, but I wasn't, I wasn't ready to go to bed. I wasn't going to shut my eyes for a second. So I'm just sitting there in the car and everything's quiet and India is sleeping too. And then she'd get up and she'd pace around the stall a little bit and she'd look at me and I could just feel so much that she needed connection there. She needed someone there with her for this experience because she'd pace and pace and then she'd look at me and she'd wait for me to come up to her. So every time she'd come and pace and then look at me, I would get out of the car and I'd go into the stall and I'd give her some hugs and some love and I'd reassure her. And then we'd both go back to resting. And Indy and I just shared this time, this really magical time together where it's her first baby and she's not sure what's going on. And it's my first baby and I'm not exactly sure what's going on, but we really experienced it together. And I, I felt so much that India appreciated that. So at four o'clock in the morning, when her water broke, I was the only one who noticed. I was the only one who heard it. The only one who uh, knew what was happening. I was so excited. I went and I woke everyone up and I, and I said, I think the baby's coming. The water definitely just broke. She's not peeing. It was a lot. And we all got ready to help India with her birthing. Once her water broke, it all happened quite quickly. So again, I'm very happy I stayed awake because I would have oh, been so upset to miss this. India's human at the time was going to birth the baby himself. It was his horse, so it was just him and me. And I had never experienced anything like this, but I'd been training up on it. And, and he had um, birthed a lot of babies, so we were just we were just going to do it together. And we had our wet towels and our... Oh, I don't even remember now, just all the equipment and, and it was time. So India's in labor and she's pushing and she's pushing and, and then the feet show up and the little hooves are coming out and then the nose comes out and then the neck and then the shoulders. And then all of a sudden this little baby horse is out into the world for the first time. Juan kind of helps to clear her nose and to clear her mouth. And then all of a sudden, once she takes her first breath, it's like this little this little baby, this creature just comes to life. She was born kind of looking like she was asleep and then she takes this first breath and then she just wakes up right before our eyes. And it was the most incredible thing. And all of a sudden she's looking around and she's moving and she's real and she's there and 
she's taking her very first look at life. And that must have been one of the most blissful experiences of my life. It was so, so magic. And Juan kind of puts her into my arms as she takes this first breath, which I'm not going to say is, you know, the best thing to just have the baby birth into your arms. But all that aside, it doesn't matter. This is what happened. She was in my arms and she takes this first breath and I'm holding this baby and I'm holding this most precious life and my heart is so full and I've... I'm already, I love her with my entire heart. I just, my love is pouring out into her and I'm in love. I just, I'm so filled with love for this baby. I'm so filled with love for this little life in my arms. And then he tells me it's a girl. If I wasn't in complete awe and shock, I probably would have just burst into the happiest tears of joy. It was one of the most spectacular moments of my life. And I, I can't even express how much love I had in my heart for this little L, for this little, little girl. It was like I had loved her forever and I was seeing her again. And, oh, it was just, it was just absolute bliss and magic. So then India has her time with her and we step back and, and India's nickering to her and the two of them, India stands up and Elle starts to stand up and India helps her with it. And I just watch their connection and I'm just, oh, I'm just blown away by the whole thing. And once she's finally taken her first uh, drink of milk and we know that everything's good, everyone's safe and everyone's healthy, then I finally get to sleep in the car and it's like 11 o'clock in the morning now and I just, Lily and I got in the car in the barn and just like, slept for a few more hours right next to this incredibly perfect little, little magic nymph baby. Oh gosh, it was just so great. And then our adventure began. Elle was just the most incredible being I've like ever met. Everyone who met her fell in love with her instantly. You could feel that she was just this wise, wise old soul. She was so kind and she was just so full of love. She loved everyone. I think she loved every human she ever met. She just adored and loved and she loved every horse she ever met. And she was just so, so kind and so, so happy to be alive. Everything that came from her just felt like pure joy. And I have a video of her at like a week old, just chasing me around the pasture. And oh, she was so smart. At a week old, uh, she was she was doing so many amazing things and teaching me so many amazing things. And you can find videos of her at this age. I think I have one called How to Start a Fall at Liberty, where she's just so young. And oh, we were just, we had so much fun together. She was really close to her mom and she was always with her mom, but she also was so independent. And India, I've never seen a better horse mom than India. Like I've seen a bunch of different mares and they're usually great moms. Um, Sometimes not, but usually, but India was just above and beyond. She was mother nature. She was like mother earth. And I remember this one time Elle was like this little baby in India, had her head down grazing next to the fence. And Elle just came over and she galloped over India's head, like stepping all four feet right on India's head. And if India had like picked up her head, I think Elle would have kind of gone 
it flying like it felt like she would have just been launched but instead i just saw india freeze and just let her baby like run on top of her face and she just was like don't move don't move and you could see india just trying so hard to be patient and still and careful with her baby it's just so so cute so you can find a lot of videos of Elle. I have one that's kind of a compilation of her whole life here on YouTube, as well as like a cuddling video with her and that baby video with her. She used to sleep in my arms. Like when she was a really little baby, she would just lie down if I was lying down and she'd lie down right next to me and just lie her head and her shoulders in my lap and as she got bigger she just kept doing it so by the time she was six months old she was pretty big she's she was like three quarters Frisian and this just this like really big girl and she'd like lie her whole head and her shoulders in my lap and it was my favorite thing but it would get so heavy like my legs would go numb because she would just she'd just lie down actually in my lap and start snoring within a few minutes and close her eyes and be totally out. And I could shift around underneath her and she would just stay asleep. Oh, the whole thing was just so incredible. And she'd do that too, where she'd actually come, I'd be sitting on the ground, she'd come over for her nap and she'd just lie down right next to me and then put her head down. I remember there was this one time where she was around six months old and we were filming a movie at the ranch at that time. And I was working with Sierra on the movie and Annie on the movie and there was one day where they were filming but there were no horse scenes so I was just on set which happened to be at the ranch but I had some time like a few hours to just hang out so all this film equipment is going by and all these people are watching and I was lying down in the pasture and she just came over and fell completely asleep on me while I was like dressed up in my um, outfit for the shoot we were doing so it looked like it was the real character like in with the horses lying down with the babies it was just oh it was so cute and people would walk by and <laughs> on the same movie shoot actually Elle at that time was with Aurora and with Leah you know we tell people who leave their stuff around not to leave it too close to the pastures because you don't know if a horse might play with it or take it or something. And someone had left all these camera bags with cameras in them right next to the pasture that had the babies in it. And someone was like asking around, like, where's, where's the stuff? Where's the camera? And I look over and Leah, Aurora and Elle, who are all babies at this point, have the camera bags in the pasture with them. Like they've dragged them all the way in and they're shaking them and kind of like, uh, like whipping them against trees and they're investigating and they're sticking their nose in it. And they were just having such a fun time. And I had to go in and be like, I'm so sorry girls, but they need their cameras back. And also this is really expensive equipment. But Elle was like that. Like she had no fear of anything and was so trusting of everything that she just led these groups of, uh, what can we play with? Can we take that? And, and, you know, no fear around it. That time with her, I experienced love like I had never experienced. I feel like that whole year was just pure love, just pure joy and love. And that felt like all she was, was just love. And Annie and I had a really good year and 
and I started putting Annie in with Elle and the two of them just got along so well and I was so, so happy and so proud. India's owner at the time sadly wanted to wean Elle at six months old and I didn't have that much of a say because he was basically just going to take India out like, and start kind of working her again. And I didn't own her or anything like that. So I really had no say for what he was going to do with his mare. So I was able to push back the weaning to six months, which I think was later than he wanted. But I would definitely not recommend weaning at six months just to say horses in the wild. I think I just saw a colt out there and he was between a year and two years and he was still nursing. So I definitely don't recommend ever weaning at six months, if possible. But, you know, sometimes things happen. And for me, it wasn't possible to keep India with her longer than that. So that's how Leah and Aurora actually came here. And you may remember Leah for a while was called Chloe and Aurora was a buckskin baby who was here too. And they have their whole other story. Maybe I'll do a story on Leah down the line but they arrived really, really scared of humans. They came from a not great situation. And I remember I would get into the pasture. And as soon as I entered the pasture, Elle would come running over to me so fast, just like galloping from wherever she was in this really, really big field over to be with me. And Leah and Aurora on the other end of the pasture, which was huge, they would be like running away from me, trying to get out. That's how nervous they were. And I think Elle was actually really confused about that. She, for a while, she looked at them like they were kind of crazy, I felt like, because they had really only known humans in this really negative way, and Elle had only known humans in this extremely positive, loving way. But Leah especially started picking up on Elle right away, on her energy towards me. Within a few weeks, was almost as loving as Elle was, and would kind of like crawl into your lap too after being so, so scared of people. There are so many beautiful stories I could tell about Elle, but I think really the main point and what just keeps coming to mind was how she made everyone feel. She put me into a state of just purely loving the world and loving life and loving her. I feel like my heart grew 10 times just having her around. And I think she affected so many people like that. People would meet her, horse people or non-horse people would meet her and they knew something was special about her. She was magnetic and everyone was drawn to her. And she just showed everyone so much love. To me, my time with her was the epitome of unconditional love. She showed me in many ways what unconditional love really meant, what it really means. Because she was a baby, we didn't have any pressure for what we had to do together yet, you know, and, and there were no expectations and, and it didn't even matter. The love was just so unconditional on her end and my end and on everyone who met hers end. And when I think of the story of Elle, I think only positive. It was the most spectacular year of my life and and the feelings of my time with her are blissful. Just blissful and joyful and 
I'm just so, so grateful. It was my year of pure love. The whole thing was just love. So when I look on the story, that is my takeaway. And that is the feeling I have now. And sadly, it, it didn't last longer than it did. And I wish so much it could have. But I think there are reasons why it didn't. And I'm just so grateful for the time we had. For Elle's first birthday, we had a really big party for her. I threw this big um, summer solstice party. And I threw it actually on the summer solstice, which is the longest day of the year. Because she just felt like this sun child. And I threw this party like right before or maybe even on her birthday. And it was so much fun. I invited all my friends and all the people who loved Elle. And we had this really, really fun time in the summer sun. The light was golden and I made her a cake and we all went around her and celebrated her and we did uh, bobbing for apples with the horses. I just remember the party being this beautifully golden, warm summer celebration all for her. And I think she felt so special with it because she just had so much love pouring on her and so many people were there for her. It was just such a beautiful party and experience. And here's the hard part of the story. The last time I saw Elle was a blissful day. I actually have photos from it, which I'm really happy I do. It was sunny and it was summer and it was free feeling and I was feeling so connected to Elle, just so, so good and connected to her and and it was just beautiful. This next part is going to be pretty hard for me to tell. I've tried to live in the beauty of our story and this was just one really tragic, hard part of it that doesn't reflect the whole of the experience in any way. But the next day, I found out that Elle had passed away in a freak accident in the pasture. When I finally did um, kind of announce that, I got a lot of questions about how it happened and I never answered them because I just didn't feel like it was important. And that's not how I wanted to think of her. But I think I'm going to say how it happened just to try to curb some of the fear because I really don't feel like this was something that could have been prevented. It was just a very weird situation. But basically, a tree fell in the pasture and the herd she was in got spooked and ran through the fence. And when she ran through the fence, she got very badly injured by the fence. And from what I've been told, passed away very quickly. What I was kind of shocked about in my reaction was I never went into a place of if I had only done this differently or I could have prevented this if, you know, 
all the things that we say, what if, what if, what if, that will drive us absolutely crazy because we think we could have prevented something like that. I feel grateful that my mind never went there. I think because on one hand, the way the accident happened, it just felt like this divine intervention. It was not something we could have foreseen or tried to prevent against. It just was what it was. And I am grateful that I didn't go there in my mind like I thought maybe I would have. So I'd like to ask you all to also honor that and to not to not give me any um, coulda, woulda, should have done different for the situation. It just was what it was. And it was tragic, but it wasn't anyone's fault. And it's not something I look back on and think, oh, if only this had been different. Because I do feel very much that it was what was going to happen. It's not something I or anyone else could have controlled. I was obviously really devastated by this. It was absolutely tragic and I felt like I had lost a huge piece of my heart and my family and my little baby who had been born into my arms. It was devastating and it felt too short. Like I didn't get enough time with her. How could it have only been a year that I was supposed to have this experience with her? How was a year enough time? But now I realize that that year was a gift. The way I see it now is not that we were cheated on time, but rather that I was given the most incredible gift of a year with one of my true loves. A year of the purest love I had ever experienced. And if I had to do it all over again, a thousand times yes. It's still, obviously, uh, it affects me so deeply, but... When I think of Elle, I really do think of the beauty of that entire experience, not the tragedy. When I think of Elle, I think of the absolute blissful love I felt for her and still feel for her. I think of all of the magical days we had together and I think of her birth and I still feel what she made me feel. And I think I'm a a much better person for it. It's also because of Elle that I have been able to bring both India and Leah into the family. And without her, I don't really know where either of them would be. What happened was after Elle's passing, which was really tragic for the entire ranch, everyone, every human here was devastated and and India really went into mourning too and Leah who was her best horse friend also went into mourning 
India, who was supposed to be pregnant again at the time because he wanted a cult, had miscarried at some point. We don't really know when, but they were pretty certain she was pregnant and um, and she was producing milk, but then she had no baby. So after her human heard that, uh, he actually was going to sell her and was possibly going to sell her to Mexico. And it was like one of the last ties to L I had. And he was really compassionate to me. And in like a matter of a week, I, I bought India. <laughs> and then I had been actually working for a long time to try to uh, buy Leah because that it's just a whole other story, but I was really worried about where she was going to end up. So I had been trying hard to, how was I going to kind of rescue Leah too and, uh, and be able to get her. So in the same week, my plan for that kind of worked out and I all of a sudden had Leah and India and they both had been scheduled or planned to go to these kind of really rough places. And then all of a sudden we were a family. We had each other. So I put Leah in with India and immediately the two of them became so close. And I think India kind of adopted Leah, who was also a year old at this point, and just nurtured her in the most beautiful way. And the two of them now are such good friends. Their relationship is so close and so beautiful. And I am so grateful for the two of them. They helped me. They helped me heal so, so much. I think we all helped each other. And I'm just so grateful for them in my life. Annie also just helped support me so much. I'm just so grateful for her. I'm so grateful for all of them. And I'm so grateful for the time I had with Elle. I still think of her as very much part of the family, a present part of the family. She influences us everywhere at all times. I feel like even if I'm not consciously thinking about it, because I think honestly one of my biggest worries with this kind of loss is being afraid that I will move on and forget. And that's very painful for me to think about. And sometimes I, I think that the fact that I don't think about L in the same way that maybe when it just first happened, it was constantly on my mind. And now it's not constantly on my mind. If I'm in a fearful place, that scares me. And that makes me feel very, very, very sad. But the truth is, I think the influence of L is everywhere. And I think it's in the feeling I have with the horses. I think it's in the, the impressions she's left on me and the way she's changed me. And while I may not think about her all of the time, or I might not think about what happened, um, which is probably a good thing, her influence is everywhere. And I know that the unconditional love she taught me is everywhere and it's in me so deeply. So I try to remember that anytime I feel like maybe I'm losing touch or something like that. I guess part of the reason why I wanted to tell this story on the podcast is, first of all, I love this podcast a lot. I really enjoy doing this and I've enjoyed how honest it is to where I'm at and how it feels a little bit vulnerable in a good way. 
I just want it to be very real. I think this podcast is going to hold a lot of my heart the same way that writing or writing holds a lot of my heart. So I guess I wanted to tell this story on the podcast because I want to honor it and because it's such an influential piece of who I am and who I am with the horses. And somehow it's a, it's an important puzzle piece to this whole thing. Sometimes I don't even realize how the influence of L affects my whole life, but it does. I think it affects everything in my life. I think it shaped my life in many ways. And so I think this is important to share because it's a vital piece of who I am and what I've learned from the horses and of my experience that I'm sharing here on the podcast and sharing in the spirit of horse. In the spirit of horse, that uh, quote or that, that name is actually something related to the L story. I first kind of heard it and felt inspired to live in the spirit of the horse when L was a baby. It's a, it's a different story, but, but it stemmed from L that L inspired me. L and India inspired me with the, the wording of living in the spirit of horse. So I guess it's only fitting that I share this little piece of my heart. Thank you everyone for listening and thank you for holding space for this story. I know this is probably a hard story for some people to hear. Maybe it's something you've been curious about for a while if you were following our evolution. But either way, I thank you for opening your hearts to me and listening to this podcast and letting this be a space where where I can express and where the people that come on the show can express and where we can all feel love in this community. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you everyone who's listening to this podcast. You can find more episodes of In the Spirit of Horse on iTunes or on my website, libertyhorsemanship.com or on Google Play and hopefully Spotify soon. If you like the show, please write a review or share it with your friends while you're there. It's so, so appreciated. I will talk to you next week on Friday when we will have a brand new episode. Have a great week. Thank you.